John chapter 7, verse 38 tells us, If someone believes in Jesus, out of his heart will flow living water. It's Sherathon on American Family Radio. to make your pledge of support for AFR. That's 877-616-2396 or pledge online at AFR.net. And thank you for your support of AFR during Sherathon. All right, Sandy Rios with you. You know, for 10 and a half years or so, I have been proud to work for the American Family Radio Network and also for the American Family Association. Uh, And every year I have uh, joined in with their share-a-thon to try to to help them raise money to stay on the air. And I'm still, of course, very much a part of that, even though I'm hosting Sandy Rios 24-7. Our home base is AFR.net, and I still serve as the Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. And I wouldn't, uh, I, I couldn't do what I'm doing if it weren't for the support of American Family Radio. It might be new to some of you, uh, but today we're going to talk a little bit about it. You will be amazed at the reach of American Family Radio and of the American Family Association. We're going to talk to our news director who comes to us from Canada, Canadian Broadcasting, and he's got tons of stories to tell about his experience there, and plus he's all over the news. So, He's the one who brings, uh, oversees a, a large department of news men at American Family News. Uh, but today, before we start that, I, I wanted to introduce you to Tim Wildman. Tim is the president of the American Family Association. I, uh, I've known Tim for a long, long time. But before I knew Tim, I worked with his dad, Don Wildman, the founder of the American Family Association, when I was president of Concerned Women for America. So that's how far we go back and uh, but for right now, I've asked him to join us to just talk about what's happening with this Sherathon and why we're having it, and what is it about American Family Radio you should support. Good morning, Tim. Well, not good morning. I forget. It's not a morning show anymore. Hello, Tim. Thanks for joining me. Habits die hard. <laughs> they really do, don't they? I, I guess with a <laughs> podcast, you don't really say good morning, evening, or afternoon because people are listening all times of the day. That's right, and it's very hard. It's very hard to get. We want to time something, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. It it really does change how you think about what you're saying. But uh, this is timeless. Your theme this year is John seven thirty eight. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Love it, love it. So that's the Spring Shareathon verse. And let me, mm-hmm. before I talk to Tim, let me say one more time: uh, there, there is a phone available if you're listening uh, close to the to the uh, uh, the recording of this uh, podcast. And the line will be open for probably four or five more days when you hear this when it's aired. Uh, it's eight seven seven six one six two three nine six. That's eight seven seven six one six two three nine six. But the most long-standing way to donate is through uh, AFR.net. AFR.net. Tim, um, what's different about this year's Shareathon? Anything? Anything to stand out to you as different? Well, uh, Shareathon uh, this time is just like you know. Well, I guess we could say this every Shareathon, but we live in we live in uh, you know like Esther uh, for such a time as this, right? Uh, for Christians in America, we 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 really live in a a, a time uh, unlike any other. Now, six months from now, I may say it's not unlike any other as well during our fall marathon. Uh, but what I mean by that is the intensity against Christianity and Christians in particular by the popular culture uh, is really intensifying and so uh, i mean month, month over month right now sandy so we live in a a time that the spiritual warfare uh, in our country and our beloved america is really front and center it's in the newspaper it's on the headlines and it's time for for christians to uh snap out of their trance if that's what you want to call it to get their head out of the sand to borrow the ostrich uh, fable uh, it, it's time for Christians to to stand up, to be bold, and and so that's what I guess is different about this particular Sherathon is uh, we're encouraging people to really prepare 
for spiritual battle and to engage. Tim, you know, could your father, he was in the battle. He started out taking on television. There was a plenty of evil there at the time, but oh, right. it seems so innocent now. Do you think he could have ever imagined that there would be open, direct threats uh, and attacks <clears throat> on Christians the way they are now? Give us, you, were, you and I were just talking about um, this recently. Like, give us a couple of examples of what, you, what we're seeing. Oh, uh, yes, he would. Uh, he would. He, he, dad, dad, ha, um, and ha, ha, you might say, you ask, would he believe what's going on? Yes, he yeah. would. Uh, yeah. because, here's the reason I say that with confidence. I remember back in the, um, when we first started American Family Association, when he first did, and in late 77 uh, through the 80s, he, he was warning uh, about something at the time we called the philosophy, it was a philosophy and ideology that was creeping across America called secular humanism. Do you remember that? Yep, I do. Okay. Francis, yep. Francis Schaeffer, the great philosopher, Christian philosopher, he was he was probably one of the best at at see he, he was a European, but he could see that uh, what that was what was happening in America that secular humanism, humanism being defined as uh, man is God, not God is God, but man is God. Secular, obviously non-religious, uh, although humanism, quite frankly, is is uh, has religious tenets. But anyway, Dad would call it secular humanism and he would print the humanist manifesto uh at least once a year uh and 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 distribute it to churches and people all over america just encouraging people to read it so they would know the enemy we faced because at that time 70s and 80s even into the 90s america was basically a christian friendly place that obviously didn't mean that everybody was a believer uh, but it, but we still had time honored traditions of respecting, you know, God and country, so to speak. People were basically reverent uh, of of religion and, and and Christianity. That's changed, and and, it, it, and that changed over because secular humanism, which we know uh, in the political terms is called progressivism today. Um, they change names every few years to try to stay ahead of uh, what they really are. Uh, but th- these ideologies, ide- this ideology that, that there is no God and uh, the, uh, edu- quote, educated elites will make, uh, make decisions for the little people, the masses, uh, because they are God. And that has uh, in t- taken over much of our society today. And, of course, pop culture I would include with that entertainment and music and movies and televisions and so forth, and even corporate America, as we saw with the Budweiser and uh, Nike hiring that transgendered. Uh, you know the the what's the Mulvaney? What's the? What's oh yeah, the, yeah. You know what I'm talking yes. about? Yes, I do. They are the spo- the new spokesperson for Bud Dylan Bud Light. D- Dylan Mulvaney. He's yeah. the uh, yes. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who. He's been prancing around as a and calling himself a girl, and and these corporations are celebrating uh, celebrating him. Anyway, I just say that uh, we see that the all the pop culture is really pushing the uh, sexual revolutionaries, yes. and 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 that <clears throat> that comes from rejecting God because Almighty God gives us instruction in His Word. Uh, about what is appropriate and inappropriate with respect our our moral and immoral to be more specific <clears throat> with respect to human sexuality yeah. and so yeah. <clears throat> these people say these secular progressives say in your face God and you Christians you need to be punished because you have a because you believe in God who restrict who is a God that uh, that would tell us how we should live sexually so that's yeah. a long-winded, but to answer your question, yes, Dad prophesied, uh, in a way, what was what we see happening today. Yeah, and you know, I didn't know him back then when it first started, except I used right. to watch him on television. We've had this discussion before. I was so impressed. 
He, for people that don't know about Don Wildman, he still is living. He's so I don't want to speak to him in past tense because he's still alive. He's just not healthy right now. Uh, but uh, Don was uh, this Mississippi pastor with a full-on Mississippi accent, but you noticed? brilliant. I did notice. Huh. But br- I thought brilliant. he had hit it pretty well. <laughs> I guess not. But brilliant. Huh? And he was on the news all the time. Uh, and nobody made fun of him. I have to say, Tim, and you know how the you know how the news media is about that. They didn't make fun of him. They were, I think, a little afraid of him. And he was he was a powerhouse. And I had the privilege of working with him. He he was a mm-hmm. just a great friend and a great man. And a lot of men of a lot of integrity. Mm-hmm. And he's the one who started the American Family Association, out of which was birthed the American Family Radio Network. So, uh, Tim, you sort of when you took uh, over for your dad. Um, you were already involved in American Family Radio, hosting mm-hmm. your own show. But f- as a result, well, I guess you're, you emphasized radio. You grew it a great deal. You had something to do with it, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, you know, Dad had the vision uh, to start a Christian radio network. We, our first station went on the air in 1991. His idea was, yeah, we want to get the gospel uh, of Jesus, uh, salv- salvation message out, but we also want to tell Christians what's happening in our country so we can be salt and light and make a difference and save our nation from a complete moral and constitutional collapse. By constitutional collapse, I don't mean because of the Constitution. I mean for those who want to destroy the uh, U.S. Constitution. And so that that's uh, – and he, he used to say those who are attacking the Judeo-Christian worldview – that has impacted America and was our foundation. So, yeah, uh, he wanted to use radio to reach Christians primarily uh, with the truth about what's happening in our country. And uh, we, we, we started that in 1991. For a while there in the 90s, we were probably, I, I, I don't have any doubt, we were the fastest growing radio network in America, period, Christian or non-Christian. <laughs> and we Zoomed to 100 stations and uh, now we have 181. We would have 500 radio stations today, but for the changes at the FCC, that they changed the rules about radio stations. I won't bore you with that whole story, but it really affected our growth here at AFA in terms of buying and uh, putting radio stations on the air. But nonetheless, uh, uh, I think Dad's vision was achieved at putting radio stations all over America, especially in small and mid-sized towns that didn't have Christian radio. You know, you go to yeah. Chicago or you go to Atlanta or Miami, or so they're going to have three or four Christian radio stations. But, you know, you go to smaller towns, Jonesboro, Arkansas, or you go to Midland, Texas, they may not have one. And that was Dad's idea, go to small and midtown America and use satellite to put Christian radio stations all over the country. We called it American Family Radio, and here we are today. Yeah. And so if you uh, are a recipient, uh, you enjoy this this podcast, Sandy Rios 24-7. Uh, if you have not h- listened to the radio shows on air, the regular network, which is what, where I was for 10 and a half years, AFR Talk, you just must. Uh, and you will be, <laughs> you should have the testimonies of people. Well, maybe we'll, we'll play some of those testimonies during this podcast. But if you would like to help, at least if, the, if this podcast is your only experience with it, uh, and you'd like to see us continue, you can dial 877-616-2396, 877-616-2396, or you can go to w, uh, AFR.net, AFR.net, AFR.net. And I want to add, of course, the thing, the beautiful thing is, Tim, because of uh, the internet, which is so awful, but off, but it's also so wonderful, it's a whole new avenue of listening. You know, I, I think podcasts and uh, internet and listening, you know, online. With and, the app, our AFR yeah, app, with, that allows yes. you to listen anywhere in the world. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and I think that's gonna that's gonna outstrip right. radio land land Eventually, radio yes. stations. Yes, I think so. So there, there, it's not like their your reach will be limited. Can you give? I know it's hard to quantify this, and maybe you don't even want to, but. How do we quantify the reach of the American Family Association and the reach of the American Family Radio Network? Well, I know we have like 600,000 people that subscribe to our email alerts. Uh, I know that. I think we're at 150,000 people who pay to get our magazine each month, something in that uh, range, uh, which is monthly. I know we have... For our share we'll have somewhere around uh, 17,000, 18,000 people usually 
<clears throat> that represent that's families mostly represented who make a donation during the three days. Uh, so, and, and I would say in terms of you know 181 stations, we have tens of thousands. I, I'd have to get the exact number of people who listen uh, all the time on the internet, either on the website or on the app. As I mentioned, you're right. The AFR app has just been a game changer for us. Uh, it's just it's just now people are li- who listen to us on radio in say uh, Conroe, Texas. They're they're telling their friends and family, hey, out in California where we don't have stations, they're telling them, hey, you need to tune in. Uh, you need to log on. You need to get this AFR app so you can listen to AFR and you stay informed about what's happening in our country. So, yeah, that, that gives you a little idea of some of the numbers here. I would say in a given week, you know, we would reach a million people through all our outlets or more. Uh, I'm talking about touching those people. I'm not saying those people give money, all of them. But as far as people tuning in, either on the app or on the radio station, or they get one of our emails or uh, get our magazine, all that, I would, I would, I would, I think that's fair to say we could uh, reach a million or more each yep. week with our messaging. So there's a magazine. There's the radio network. Right. There is the work of the American Family Association. There is the American Family Association Action, which is doing great work. Yes. There's uh, the stuff we're doing in Washington D.C. as an influencer and some insider meetings. Uh, there's a lot that the American Family Association is doing. A lot more than I even mentioned just now. Yeah, you know moms. what? Uh, you're right. Uh, the <laughs> one million moms. Uh, listen, <clears throat> if you want to, uh, if you want to give your money and make a donation somewhere that's making a difference in the culture for Jesus and standing for biblical truth and for our religious freedom and our way of life, <clears throat> okay. I'm not saying we're the only ones, but nobody in that space that I just mentioned is doing more than we are here at American Family Association and American Family Radio. And you can feel certain that if you give that donation, listen, nobody here is getting rich, okay? Uh, We have a board of directors. We're able to have our home offices in Tupelo, Mississippi, so we don't have to pay as much as you would if you were in Washington, D.C. or some big city somewhere. For our staff and our personnel and things that we do, um, uh, we we are members of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability, the ESCF, ECFA. Uh, I don't even. I'm the president of the ministry. I don't even ever handle any money. Period. I hardly know what banks we use. Okay, so so I mean, I'm just telling you this because nobody here is ever going to steal money uh, from the ministry. Nobody's going to get wealthy off the ministry. The money you give goes to do the work, okay? And I think we have a very low, uh, you can go on the ECFA website and find this out. We have a very low um, uh, percentage of our money that goes to cover our payroll and overhead compared to most ministries. We're not even where near 50%. So <clears throat> so anyway, I'm just telling you that, folks, so you can know for uh, certain that once you when you make a donation to American Family Association and, and our share on now, American Family Radio, your donation will go to do the work that we're talking about here today with Sandy. And let me just say, if you go to AFR.net, AFR.net, that's the best place, the safest place, given the timeline, the timelessness of the podcast, to make your donation, AFR.net. One last thing, Tim, I know you and I are both going to struggle to remember the particulars, but there was a survey done after the 2016 presidential election, and I believe that American Family Association, we were all surprised. We were like third or fourth uh, top influencers right. in the country. Can you remember? Yeah, it was. Uh, I think that was Barna. I think that was George Barna's survey of the uh, organizations that reached the most Christians in the 2016 uh, election. And AFR, yeah, we were like fourth or fifth or something like that, just right up, right behind Fox News. And of course, they're a behemoth. And uh, there, maybe Franklin Graham. Uh, yes, I think we were like three. Actually. Yeah, it was I, like I we, we were. were our reach. And I think. Was well, very, the reason yeah. I mention is because I, you know, we were just working our hearts out. I yeah. was just, I, to be, you know what? To be honest, I could tell you, Bruce would say he, if he were here with us, that it, uh, we were still in D.C. at that time. We have moved to Florida since that time, but uh, I would, ju- I was just working my heart out to try to help people think through what was happening. 
And he would come home and I would just be lying flat on the floor, just almost like I was so exhausted all the time from working. And so that survey for me, in it just meant a lot to me. That was a wonderful, tangible way of seeing that we actually uh, did make some, and all the other hosts were too. It wasn't just me. It just, yeah. I know what I did. Uh, so uh, the American Family Association is a wonderful way to put your money into something that will really make a difference. American Family Radio, yeah. American Family Association, and all of its various entities. And if you want to help, call 877-616-2396. That's 877-616-2396. Or go to AFR.net and make your best and most generous donation. Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association. Tim, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for your good leadership at the American Family Association. Thank you, Sandy. And we encourage people to keep listening to Sandy Rios. 24-7 on our on our uh, uh, podcast, on our AFR.net, and tell your friends and family about it. I thought you might enjoy that exchange with Tim Wildman. And just to hear a little bit about American Family Radio, since uh, that's my home base. Uh, one thing that we have that I'm also proud of is a sponsor, and that's Preborn. You know, the saving of innocent lives is paramount here at Sandy Rios 24-7. And through our partnership with Preborn and with you, we are pushing back against the menacing forces that have taken over 63 million lives and counting. Preborn networks bring hope to pregnant women considering abortion through ultrasound so that they can meet the precious life within them. I'll give you an example. The, word, the name Victoria means victorious, and that's exactly what happened in one instance. Victoria was anxious when she found out she was pregnant. An internet search led her to a preborn network clinic where she would decide the future of her baby. After seeing her baby on ultrasound, an inexplicable bond was formed with her unborn baby, so strong she could not put it into words. She also felt loved by her counselor, who assured her it was going to be okay. Thanks to preborn and your generous donations, Victoria courageously chose life and is now eagerly awaiting the birth of her baby boy. If you would like to help more moms like Victoria, all you have to do is go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy and make your most generous donation. Now sit back and relax because we're going to kind of get a glimpse of Canada when we return on Sandy Rios 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. The most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. That we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice. Not social justice, but God's justice, what's right and what's wrong. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association, a pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. I'm Iris, and I want to thank God for the ministry of American Family Radio. It gives top news stories from a Christian perspective. You always get the truth from American Family Radio, and I absolutely love the information that I get from Sandy Rio and from today's issues and the great teaching as well. Wow, that's so beautiful. Well, that, the reason I play that is because this is, uh, this week, at least while when I'm recording this, is the a spring share-a-thon for the American Family Association. As you heard me say in the opening, I've been with American Family Radio for 10-plus years, and I've been the Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association for nearly that long. So we've had a long relationship, and I've uh, been, you know, worked through many of these share and I have to tell you, through all of my years of radio, I've done a lot of fundraising. I've done a lot of fundraising. I, I was... Okay, I did well at that. All, that's all I can say. But I, with American Family Radio and American Family Association, I've never had to work at trying to uh, inspire people to give. I, I've never seen anything like it. The people that listen to American Family Radio are just eager to give. I don't, we've never not met our goal. 
And I suppose that might secur- in- discourage you from giving, but I don't think so. It doesn't work that way with this particular audience. It's just been a real, honestly, a gift back to me to work at a place where it's a partnership, me and the listeners. We're working together to accomplish something. And uh, so I thank you for that in advance. If you would like to support the American Family Radio Network or American Family Association, you can call 877-616-2396, 877-616-2396, or you can go to www.afr.net. That's afr.net. Well, you know, through the years of hosting the morning show, those of you that have listened to me all those years, you know that I had a frequent guest host who was named Fred Jackson. And as a matter of fact, I know from your email and correspondence that he was your one of your favorites. You always enjoyed Fred Jackson, and I always enjoyed turning it all, you know, handing it over to Fred because I knew you'd be in such great hands. Fred is a newsman par excellence. He's the head of the news department. He has been since a June of 1997. And there's quite a story. Uh, well, under his leadership, the radio network has grown. Uh, there, I think, on something like not only the 180 stations that American Family Radio Network owns and operates, but also some 90-plus stations and affili- affiliates from coast to coast. They have really grown, and they are a great source of news, and that is because of our next guest. Will you welcome Fred Jackson. Hi, Fred. Hi, Sandy. Very kind words from you. We appreciate it so much. Uh, uh, I stand in amazing what God has done uh, over the last 26 years that that I have been here. And as I was talking with uh, another one of our hosts, Bishop Jackson, uh, in the last couple of days, I, I just, uh, the phrase, you know, for such a time as this uh, keeps coming to my mind. Uh, this is something that God has brought about you know, Brother Don, our founder, many years ago, uh, well, about 26 years ago, when he decided to start his own news service, uh, just really felt at that time that the message that he was trying to get out, the message of God's Word, the message of being salt and light uh, to the nation, uh, it wasn't getting through uh, the mainstream media. And so he said, you know, we need to start our own news service. And that, that was just part and has been part of Brother Don having a vision for what's coming down the pipe. And uh, now we know today, when we look at what's happening out there, the spiritual warfare that's happening out there and growing more intense every day, I just thank God now we're 26 years into this, we're established, and uh, people are becoming more dependent on us all the time. And I I just feel uh, privileged to be part of it. Yeah, I I think they are too. And they're placing their trust in a good place, uh, Fred, and you are the arbiter. Uh, you're the guy that oversees what goes out over the airwaves on the news, and uh, you you know the all of the, all bucks stop there with you. Uh, the excellence and also the the uh, uh, the the accuracy of it. You're very careful about that. You are newsman par excellence. And let me just say, uh, you wanted to be a doctor, a fighter pilot, and you ended up being a radio station news director. Uh, can you just give us in a thumbnail how that how that happened? <laughs> yeah, uh, I tell people, I end, I, you know, the Lord has a sense of humor. Uh, I end up working full time in the news business without ever taking a journalism course. Uh, that's that's <laughs> just the way it is. Early on, I I used to do radio. I, I did my first radio program when I was sixteen years of age. Uh, the public broadcaster uh, where I lived in Nova Scotia, Canada, came up with the idea of going around the high schools, inviting the high schools to come in and doing a week program at a time, kind of giving the news of what's happening at your high school, playing music that was popular with the kids at that time. And uh, that's when I did my first radio program. They had me stay on for the summer to continue the program. Then I started working at the local radio station doing overnight music, six-hour shifts live. Uh, I did 24 hours on the weekend, a couple of news shifts, and then they say, well, can you do the newsroom shift on Sunday afternoon? You know, I'm 16, 17 years old. It's a few dollars to pay, you know, for gasoline. So I'll, I'll do that. And then, but at my focus academically was science. Uh, my major is in biology and chemistry, and uh, I did pre-med. And, uh, you know, the, it, it came down to it after four or five years that, uh, you know, that just didn't work out. Uh, I, I had good averages and everything, I, 
but I learned there was politics involved in getting into med school. Uh, mm. And you know, and I have to admit, you know, I was bitter for a time, but I had to get over that. Uh, in the meantime, I had an interest in flying, so I. I remember uh, going to a recruiting, not a recruiting, but a kind of a job fair day at the Student Union Building at Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And right at the top of the stairs, uh, there was a big banner there for Canadian Armed Forces, and it was a fighter jet. All I did, Sandy, was go over to the recruiter and say, well, that looks interesting. And it was a five-minute chat. They said, why don't you come down to the recruiting center and we can talk more. Well, it didn't take long. I was down there, did some tests, and they said, well, we'd like you to be an officer in the Canadian Armed Forces and, and, and fly airplanes. And, and, so, <laughs> and so I joined up, and uh, I went into flying and went through uh, officer candidate school, became an officer, and uh, went through primary flying school there in uh, Portage La Prairie, Manitoba, and then went on to uh, jets. And I, I got all the way up to solo, and I was up flying one day, and 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 I I appreciate the skills of piloting. I really do, but our instructors used to tell us what was involved with flying, and they would say hours of boredom intermingled with moments of sheer panic, and, <laughs> and it was it was true. I, I, I flying is flying is numbers and procedures, numbers and procedures. And I got to that point where, okay, numbers and procedures, I'm not sure I'd, I want to do that for the rest of my life. So I had kind of proven that I could fly a jet aircraft. And uh, I just asked them, look, um, I don't want to waste any more of your money. Will you please release me? And uh, because I, I know I don't want to stay here now. And they were very gracious. Uh, they let me get out of the military. I was on my way. Uh, this was out in... Uh, in uh, in Al- in uh, not in Alberta, pardon me, Saskatchewan. Driving home, my car broke down in Toronto, and uh, I went into the national radio news. I had done some work for the local public broadcasting there in Nova Scotia. I went in there and I just said, you know, I might be interested in coming and working in news. And they said, okay, sit down. We have a test for you to go through. And I thought, okay, this will this will do me for sure. Because I wasn't up on current affairs, nothing. I did the test, and I thought, well, that that's it. They'll think I'm a country bumpkin, and I don't know anything, and I'm just going to go home. A month or so later, I get a call to go to, to uh, Network Radio News in Toronto. That's where I got involved and uh, did Network Radio News and did local television for a little while in Toronto. And then at the same time, I was visiting my sister down in Springfield, Missouri. She was at Baptist Bible College there. And God got a hold of my heart. He says, you need to stop the broadcasting thing for a while and go to Bible school. Went down there. And he had other reasons for me to going down there because that's where I met my wife from Mississippi. And, <laughs> okay. and, uh, we got, I didn't know this part. Yeah, we got married and uh, came back to Canada and worked for 17 years with, the, uh, with Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. And then the journalistic standards changed there so dramatically. I had worked my way up to being the senior editor, news director uh, for the uh, radio news operation on the West Coast in Vancouver. And was there for about 10 years, but I knew I couldn't continue because the journalistic standards were just plummeting and taking a real turn to the left as far as leftward bias goes. And... uh, so I made a few phone calls, talked to our pastor back in Springfield, Missouri, who married us, and he said, well, this, there's this organization, American Family Radio, just opened up a station in Springfield, Missouri, and gave me the phone number. I called there, and they said, well, you know, the headquarters is in Tupelo, Mississippi. They gave me the number there. This all took place in about 15 minutes in <laughs> September of 1996. Oh, and uh, so then they said, well, if you want to come down, look around, that was it. Uh, called American Airlines because they were at the top of the list in the yellow pages. They just happened to start a sale, uh, and I got a cheap ticket from Vancouver to Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, I think it was less than $300 return, which is unheard of today, and came down, had a look around, and I was just touring. I was just getting set to leave and go back to Vancouver, and Brother Don Wildman stopped me in the hallway, and he said, come on in and see me before you go. If you know Brother Don, that's the way he said it. Sat me down, and he said, hey, we're starting a news service. Uh, would you like to come down and be the news director? 
And you know what, Sandy? Something happened at that moment. I had a peace about it. I didn't have to think about it. I said, yes, sir. Uh, I, I think that's where the Lord is leading. So I went home and uh, waited for getting a green card for about six months. And about June 1st, 1997, uh, arrived here. And uh, that's where we pick up the story. Wow. Oh, that's, you know, I've never heard all of that, Fred. This is so great. After knowing you all these years, hmm. this is wonderful. And I have to say, you know, this is the way God works. Yes. Uh, when he has his hand on you, you don't see it coming, and it's never what you expected. No. It's never what you expected. No. He takes us in such different directions than we thought, and she, you just give, and yet he gives us our heart's desire. We just didn't know our heart desired that because you you flourished. I mean, you are a great newsman. And one of the things um, I think happens, and I, I said just said that to an earlier guest, uh, it's one thing to talk about the news, which is what I've done for all these years, but it seems to me that as a Christian who has a biblical background, there is another level mm-hmm. of coverage and perspective that even the most first-rate newsmen, even the Rush Limbaugh's who I loved, who never really, who did have great insight because he was raised in a Christian family, had a strong Christian brother, and I think at the end, uh, uh, Rush was pretty clear he was a Christian also. But there was all some some, there is a depth to the understanding that is uh, supernatural and also biblical, mostly yes. biblical, mm-hmm. and some supernatural. Uh, because of your biblical knowledge, and that's what you bring to the news as well, which I I really, really, really appreciate that about you, Fred. So um, let's talk a little bit about, let's see, um, Canada. Before we leave Canada, Mm -hmm. you and I have a link in Vancouver. My son is a pastor there, went to seminary there, has lived there now for many years. And that's like, what was Vancouver like when you first went? Well, Vancouver is uh, very uh, multicultural, uh, to put it mildly. Uh, Vancouver became one of those landing spots uh, when the news came that Hong Kong uh, was going to come back under China's control, was leaving British control to, be, to become part of China. There was a fleeing of Hong Kong. And two places that they landed was Vancouver, British Columbia, and Toronto. So when uh, we arrived in Vancouver in 1987, June of 1987, uh, there there was uh, quite an influx at that time. Uh, for the most part, uh, very wealthy business people coming out of Hong Kong and bringing their money with them, investing in housing, drove housing prices uh, right through the roof in Vancouver. But uh, we we joined a church very shortly after arriving in Vancouver and found ourselves in a church that had a lot of uh, uh, Chinese, Vietnamese, and East Indian kids in it, and it was uh, it was an independent Baptist church. And I was I knew the pastor, and I was invited to to basically uh, teach uh, these young people, and it was fascinating how those young people arrived there. They had they they were the the boat people uh, that escaped. Some of the Vietnamese kids were boat people. They came out of, of fled Vietnam. Their parents arrive in Vancouver, and uh, they go to public school in Vancouver. And one of the teachers were uh, teachers was a dear Christian lady in the in the public schools there in Vancouver, and she used to teach them history. But she took advantage of of the position that God had put her in to teach them biblical history. And uh, so many of these kids uh, got saved uh, because of the faithfulness of this public school teacher. So I I was just on the receiving end of what a blessing that she had been in sharing the gospel. And these kids were in hostile environments at home. Most of their, their parents were Buddhists. We'd go to their homes sometimes to visit their parents and You'd have those statues that were on the the walls there, and uh, they were very suspicious of Christianity, but they still let their kids go to church. And there were times when at our house we had 30 kids over. We'd have barbecues, and uh, <laughs> that became very precious uh, to us. But uh, Vancouver, very secular town. I was told that less than 10% of the people at that time uh, from 87 to 97 when we left, about 10% of the population went to any church at all. 
I'm not saying that all those 10% were born-again believers, but they went to some church. And uh, so it was a secular, very wealthy kind of culture. Uh, but we had the privilege of being able to uh, to bring these kids along, to disciple them. And we stay in contact with uh, many of these kids today. Of course, they're married. They have their own families. When we've had an opportunity to go back, it's been a real blessing just to, to meet with them and to, to share time with them. We're talking with Fred Jackson, who is the news director for American Family Radio, which is my home base. Uh, Fred is Canadian, as you can hear. And uh, Fred, I just on a personal level, my uh, Jeremy, my son, was first a pastor to a Vietnamese church in mm. Vancouver, mm-hmm. and then to a Chinese church in Vancouver. Uh-huh. And now he now he's in a in a, a university area, so it's it's not so much that it's pretty multicultural, mm-hmm. but it's just very interesting. Um, let me just pause to say that we are. At the recording of this podcast, in the middle of raising money for the, the ministry and the work of American Family Radio, and that's why I asked Fred to join me. Besides which, I love to talk to him, and we're going to talk about the news in just a second here. Uh, but if you would like to help American Family Radio, make sure that Sandy Rios twenty four seven is able to come on the air and stay with you. Uh, you can help us by calling eight seven seven six one six. 2396. That's 877-616-2396. Or you can go to AFR.net, AFR.net. That's probably the safest place to go, depending on when you hear this podcast, AFR.net. Fred, I wanted, uh, I just want to talk to you about a couple of recent news stories. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned to me earlier that there is uh, some information about Fred, I'm blanking now. I can't even read my writing. You a Fox News story. What did you say? It's a Fox, a Fox News story that's out today. This story, this story actually goes back about a year or so. There was uh, a vandalism at a Catholic church in Bellevue, Washington. That's a suburb of Seattle. And uh, it involved uh, a young man uh, who basically uh, defaced the Catholic church, wrote pro- very profane graffiti, uh, destroyed a statue, assaulted a church worker, resisted arrest. And the news that came out in the last 24 hours is the DOJ has decided uh, basically uh, that, uh, you know, there's not going to be any jail time for this. By the way, he's a transsexual, uh, apparently upset about some court decisions that he didn't like. But the, 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 the news on this is that there's going to be no jail time for this individual who basically, and I can't repeat the words, hates Catholics because they are pro-life. All right? You know, so you so know no, that, jail, no jail time. You know what that reminds me of? Um, my friend, Jay Christian Adams, who used to host for me on mm-hmm. S- S- um, Sandy Rios in the morning, uh, was with the Justice Department Many years ago, he was a whistleblower, but fast forward to maybe 10 years ago during the Obama administration, and he did a whole series on the kinds of people that Barack Obama was hiring to populate the Justice Department. Uh And Fred, you would not have believed if you had seen it, and I'm talking about page after page, and he made them permanent employees of people that were radical, radical, radical leftists. Yep. And so when President Trump came in, there's they're not political appointees, so they have job security. So not only is it, uh, you know, Merrick Garland and the, the political hires now, it's deep down yes. in the, the DNA of justice are these radical elements, and yep. they control it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're not isolated. Well, you compare this case. And, and there's no dispute about the facts of the case of what this individual did. In fact, on Fox News, just before coming into the studio to chat with you, uh, they were showing videos of this guy. There was a camera that showed this guy carrying out these offenses. And, uh, you know, compare it to Mark Houck, the yeah. pro-life. It's a Catholic dad, yes. Yeah, from Pennsylvania. Yes. All he did terrible. was gently shove a Planned Parenthood supporter outside a Planned Parenthood clinic there in Philadelphia. What do they do? They send 20 FBI, heavily armed FBI agents to his home and take him away in in handcuffs and 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 ready to charge him with with a if he was sentenced, if he was found guilty, he'll be 11 years in prison. Compare the two. Just well, compare the two. 
Well, we have instances that the simple thing to say is what everybody says. There's got to be a better way to say it. But there are, there are two tracks of justice in this country. Mm-hmm. And Christians and conservatives are on one track and uh, liberal leftists are on the other. It's it, People, you know, President Donald Trump is right now the prime headline maker who's going through this with mm-hmm. a rogue prosecutor in uh, New York City. It's just, it's jaw-dropping. There is another story that's recent, and that is the one about uh, the Biden administration, another story about the Biden administration uh, forcing us into electric cars. Can you tell us what the latest on that is? Oh, yeah, and, and, and you're not overusing the word force. Now, this is a story that just came out in, in, in the last 12 hours. Biden administration proposing strict new automobile pollution limits that would require as many as two-thirds of new vehicles sold in the U.S. to be electric by 2032. That's nearly a tenfold increase over current electric vehicle sales. Now, you have to understand, this is just nine years away, and nine years goes by very quickly. So let's just say that you have an eight-year-old car today. And so in three or four years, five years or so, you're thinking about buying another car. Well, uh, by that time, uh, there's going to be this percentage up that the if you're buying a new car, it's got to be an electric vehicle. Now, they're going to force you. You know, I, I have to step back. You hear the Biden administration talking about conservatives as being threats to democracy. Well, here's a threat to your freedom, folks. You won't have an option to buy a gasoline vehicle in just a few years if Joe Biden has his way. You will be forced to buy an electric vehicle. Do I have something personally against electric vehicles? No, but I do know the reality of it. You know, uh, electric vehicles, uh, they have to get power from somewhere, Sandy. And it's interesting that this came out from the EPA because just the day before, the AP put out a poll, AP NORC put out a poll, and the vast majority of Americans saying, I'm not going to buy an EV. First of all, I can't afford it. I think the cheapest is around $58,000. But number two, there's no charging stations out there. But let's remember, folks, uh, the power in these powers in these charging stations has to come from somewhere. And you can talk all you want about windmills and solar panels, but there's not going to be enough to keep things going. And really what I have heard, Sandy, is this. The, the, the ultimate plan is to get people away from vehicles altogether, EV or gas, and to force everybody onto a public transit system so that they control your movement. Now, some people would say, oh, come on, that's conspiracy theory. No, I, 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 I think I've heard stories out of Europe that that is the ultimate plan, is to control how you move about. Yes, that's not an exaggeration, Fred. And I'll tell you, uh, someone who's written a lot about this is Stan Kurtz, Stanley Kurtz. Uh, the idea is, as you said, and this is in writing, It has been, actually there's been legislation proposing this mm-hmm. to get everyone to live in city-populated, highly popula- populated centers and live near public transportation. If you notice in many most big cities now, they're buying building new high-rises near trains, yes. uh, near, you know, like uh, commuter trains, because they want you to have to depend on government to, to get anywhere because they want to control your movements. They want to know where you are. Think China. Think yes. China. Mm-hmm. Think China. Mm-hmm. So, and so electric vehicles is like a, it's a shiny object. It's kind of fun. Uh, you know, it's kind of a novelty, and I think people are following, following some of them for that novelty. But the idea is not to get you into some kind of a new car that will replace your gasoline vehicle and be clean and be able to give you all the freedoms that you used to. It'll just be clean, wonderful electric electric energy. It's not that because the electric car can't, as Fred has described, cannot do that. It, what they want to do eventually is reduce your mobility completely. Yeah. And so I don't think people, honestly, Fred, things are so bad, I'm not sure they would doubt what you just said. I really don't. Um Listen, by the way, we, uh, Fred, I've taken enough of your time because you've got to go back and like do the news. Uh, but, uh, but let me just say, Fred is the reason we have such a great news department. If you want to know what's happening in the news, you guys do a, like a minute people can subscribe to, right, Fred? Or yeah. a short news story, five minutes maybe? We have a daily email that we send out. Our website is afn.net, afn.net. 
If you go to that website up in the right-hand corner, there's a place where you can sign up for a daily email. Just give us your email address. We promise you'll get one email a day, Monday through Friday, and that is it. But in that email, you could also a link to a, a podcast of our latest newscasts, uh, radio newscasts. So we'll keep you up to date, both audio-wise, and it's a, it's a great summary of the major news stories of the day, again, from a Christian perspective. And uh, as I say, I just feel a privilege to be part of it all. God has put together a, a great team of journalists from around the country to be with us. And uh, as I say, and I go back to that saying, for such a time as this. Absolutely. Fred Jackson, you're a treasure. And if you'd like to help support Fred's work and the work of Sandy Rios 24-7, the other radio hosts, which I invite you to listen to if you haven't, you can download the AFR Talk app, AFR Talk app, which is a wonderful way to listen anytime, anyplace, all over the globe. You can go to AFR.net and make your most generous pledge. AFR.net. Fred Jackson, thank you for joining us today. Absolutely, Sandy. Great to be with you. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. All right, Sandy Rios back with you on Sandy Rios 24-7. I just wanted to introduce you to American Family Radio, and I didn't think you would mind that. I, it's well worth your time uh, to look into it, and I hope you enjoyed hearing about it today. Uh, uh, and I want to thank also our sponsor, Preborn. We could not do what we do without the help of Preborn. You know, it's really nice to know who you're helping when it comes to preborn, isn't it? To kind of put some flesh on uh, saving a mom, uh, some anonymous mom. I'll give you an example. When Blanca found out she was expecting, she visited a preborn network clinic. This would be her fourth child, and the pressure from those around her to terminate the pregnancy was enormous. Thankfully, the clinic staff treated her with such kindness and compassion that it gave her the courage to keep on going despite the opinions of others. To celebrate her decision, the clinic threw a baby shower for her and continued providing help and support even after her baby arrived. That's what Preborn does. They provide ultrasounds to moms like Blanca who are not sure. The circumstances are always different, but they're always dramatic, and God always cares about each and every life. If you would like to help Preborn, go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. And by the way, if you'd like to call us, if you have a comment, you can call 662-821-2040, 662-821-2040, or you can email us at Sandy at AFR.net, Sandy at AFR.net. And speaking of AFR.net, you can go to AFR.net to make your best donation for um, the American Family Association uh, Spring share It's confusing, right? Not too confusing. I want to read this last thing. I read it earlier. This is the theme for the share It's John 7, 38. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. All right, so thanks for listening to today's edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.